some movies are funny. Some movies are scary. <laughs> Today's movie is funny and scary. I wrote in Vincent Price voice. <laughs> <laughs> I just so you guys know, I I never know how these episodes are gonna start. <laughs> I, I didn't sign off on this. <laughs> I'm Aaron. I'm Tom. And this is Baby's First Watch List, a spooktacular podcast for our baby's first Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I also have way less prepped than usual because I had head surgery, <laughs> which after this intro is like the funniest thing that you could say. Um <laughs> So today is right in the pocket of high school me. I freaking loved this movie when I was in high school. I was like obsessed. Did you watch it back when it was like out? I wasn't into movies at that point in my life, but I watched it in co- or like early college. All right, that's good. That's good enough. I'll which was like a, which which was like three years or four years later. Yeah, about then high school? Huh? Then when it came out? No, it didn't. It came out in two thousand four. Yeah, we're discuss. We were in college in two thousand ten. Oh yeah. Well, I guess whatever. it was longer than that. We were discussing. You know, when you get old, you know, things just <laughs> things sort just of run together. By. So today we're discussing 2004's Shaun of the Dead. Shaun is spelled S-H-A-U-N, which is like the third way that I would spell Shaun, to be honest with you. Is that the British way? I don't know. I wonder. I actually don't know. You would think that if they were going with the Dawn of the Dead vibe, it would have been a W. Wow, I didn't even think about that. You're right. Yeah. Well, but they didn't. They did it S H A U N. Unless Dawn of the Dead is D A U N. That would be really weird. This zombie comedy was directed by Edgar Wright and written by him and frequent collaborator. Collaborator. Yep, try again. Collaborator Simon Pegg. Now, Edgar Wright, you may know as a director of a lot of popular stuff. Yeah, he's a he's a he's an it director. He Not just the did, movie it, but no. like a like a hot director. He just did Last Night in Soho. Yeah, which, which I we think didn't watch. We didn't. I thought it looked really great, but then it sort of got lukewarm reviews, and then I never really. It's a little long. Yeah, but I do want to watch it though. I just Good haven't got, haven't gotten around to it yet. He is probably best known for Baby Driver. I think he's best known for this. You think so? Yeah. Shaun of the Dead, um, Hot Fuzz, The World's End. Yeah. We're all part, I'll talk about it in a little bit of like this trilogy. He also did Baby Driver. Yeah. And something else. He did something else kind of recent-ish um, too. Yes, he did. Oh God, what was it? Oh my God. Oh no, it wasn't recent. He did uh, Scott Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim yes. versus the world, which he also co-wrote um, Ant-Man. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. And he, he like ghost directed a movie that he didn't get credit for, but I don't remember what it was. He's done a lot over the past couple decades and I've liked pretty much everything that I've seen that he's done. So this movie, Shaun of the Dead, was first conceived while I both Wright and Peg were working on a zombie themed episode of Spaced, which is one of the myriad of popular British TV comedies that I've never watched. Talking about you, the IT crowd. That's exactly. 
exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. IT crowd. Uh, there's like Gavin and Stacy. What's the one? Like, oh. What's the one that Jesse Armstrong did? The Succession guy. The one uh, with Olivia Coleman. Yeah, uh, Peep Show. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's tons of very kind of well-known comedies in England that I've just never seen. Of course, we've seen British Office. Yeah, but. Besides, and Fleabag and stuff like that. But really, there's like so many British things that like famous people come out of. And it's like, oh, they were in some well, random show that I've never heard well, of. Well, it's, it's not limited to comedies. You have Doctor Who and you have Luther and Sherlock and like all these shows that I watched Luther and Sherlock. But like you get a lot of people that come from those types of shows in England, whether they're dramas or comedies. It's really interesting. England has its own completely separate celebrity scene yeah i'm sure every country does but with england it's interesting because a lot of them end up becoming famous in the u.s but a lot don't yeah and so if you watch strictly come dancing which is the dancing with the stars for the british version i don't recognize a single one of their stars yeah uh, and it's just it's, I don't think they recognize a single one of our stars. That would be my that was actually do you uh, think, what I was going to ask you. Do you think there's people in England pounding on the table for Teresa Judice? Well, Teresa only lasted two episodes. Well, I didn't know that. Spoilers. <laughs> are there a lot of people that are like, you know, I really need some Cheryl Ladd in my life? <laughs> yeah, I really need who's the TikTok person and her mom. Charlie D'Amelio yeah. and Heidi D'Amelio. Yeah. I don't know. Well, London London is burning down because uh, Teresa Judice got kicked off in the second episode. I would think that since it's harder to break into U.S. stardom for, like, pop stars, my guess is that they really are fans of, like, Vinny Guadagnino. Like, I don't know. I Maybe don't know. Sam Champion is huge in England. Maybe. I don't know. Um, Any British listeners out there? I know we have less than 1% of you, according to our uh, metrics. Someone has listened that is Someone English. Someone from England has listened to this, so please let us know. Also, we, we're at a hard 1% on Australia, so if you're Australian, you might know this too. I assume that you're the same thing as England. So Okay, I'm confused. I just saw a tweet that Florence Pugh's Australian. Yeah. I did not know that. You think she was American? No, I thought she was British. Oh, no, she's Australian. Oh, help. Okay, also, there's like a huge percentage of Australian people that are famous, I feel like. Yeah. It's everybody who's in Australia, the movie. Hugh Jackman, Nicole Kidman. That's, uh, no. Peter Jackson. There's tons of other people that are no, Australian. No, I think that's it. And then Florence Pugh is the new one, and that's oh, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um, this movie, Shaun of the Dead, oh, stars yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Kate Ashfield, who really has not done too much since then? Penelope you, Wilton. You know who Kate Ashfield reminds me of? Who? That's she's the uh, the girlfriend. The girlfriend, right? She reminds me of the waitress from It's Always Sunny. A little bit with the haircut. Yeah. Uh, Penelope Wilton, who actually I looked her up and I've seen her in a ton of she's different very, things. Very she's famous. very very yeah. famous. Some of you may know her most recently from uh, Downton Abbey. She played um, oh what's his name Dan Dan Stevens' mom. Crawley, Lady Crawley, she played in Downton Abbey. And so you might recognize her from that. And it also uh, has a nice, excellent Bill Nye, who I love in anything. And yeah, he's so good Whenever he this. pops up somewhere. Yeah. And Shaun of the Dead was a commercial and critical success. The 99-minute-long movie, we love to see it, yep. made $30 million on a $6.1 million budget, which doesn't seem like that successful, but it was considered a success. Yeah. Since it was released, it has become a cult classic, being named the third greatest comedy of all time by Channel 4, which is like one of those British channels. 
Um, it's behind two very interesting choices. One is Monty Python, okay. Life of Brian. Yeah, yeah. Not in the Holy Grail. No. Which is funny. And then the other one is one that has a place in our hearts, Airplane. Yes. 1975's Airplane! Exclamation Point, which was the first, or it was the movie that Tom and I saw on our first date, was Airplane, 1975, which I do consider one of the funniest movies of all time. It's amazing. It's very interesting, though, that Monty Python's Life of Brian, Airplane, and Shaun of the Dead were the three greatest comedies of all time, according to Channel 4. Yeah. Go Channel 4. And if we're talking about Empire, which we talked about with the Scream episode, it did very, Scream did very well in Empire. Um, I think you meant the show. No, not the show. (laughs) Publication? I don't know. Yeah. They named it number six on their 2016 100 Best British Films list. What number? Six. Wow. Yeah. And the other ones were like boring, so I didn't even write them down. It's not like British films are like, it's not like that's like some niche genre. No. Like. (laughs) There's a lot of British movies that come out every year that are really good. I mean, just think every single Christopher Nolan movie is a British movie. Like there's like, you you could pick any director. Like. Just think of like the BAFTAs every year that. Yeah. There's so many movies that I'm like, oh, that was British? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that Christopher Nolan movies need to be in the top five, but I'm like. Like, it's it's a very common thing to be a British movie. Yeah, well, Shaun of the Dead, number six yeah. of all time. Cool. Fans of Shaun of the Dead include George A. Romero. Of who course. is who, Tom? Uh, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn yeah. of the Dead. He directed all of those. He, he, this movie wouldn't exist without George A. Romero. Exactly. Quentin Tarantino, he said it's one of his favorite movies. I believe that. It has a lot of, like, hard cuts. I feel like that's a little bit in Tarantino style. Yeah. Stephen King is also a fan. Yeah, I believe that, too. One of the things that I thought was really funny. Imagine I was like, I don't, I don't believe that. Stephen King's yeah, not a fan no, of this he's movie. Not a fan. One thing that I thought was really funny is that I, a couple of Simon Pegg and maybe Nick Frost, I think, um, they were in an episode of Phineas and Ferb as like the Shaun Similar of the Dead characters, characters. yeah, <laughs> which is cool. So this movie is the first in the Cornetto Three Flavors trilogy. A Cornetto is an ice cream that. I looked it up and I thought it was like, oh, it's a drumstick. It's not quite a drumstick. It's drumsticks are kind of like the closest thing I would consider as like an American version of a cornetto. But these come in like fruit flavors. They come in all different flavors. Yeah. Well, I mean, as like drumsticks don't really come in fruit flavors. But drumsticks have more flavors than you think, like mint. Yeah, but that's not a fruit. I I, I didn't say that. What is mint? An herb? Yeah. Yeah. I guess mint is not a fruit. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, yeah, Cornettos do come in things like strawberry and all of that. But like, I, I'm trying, I wanted to have an American equivalent and there really is none. Yeah. Do you want to know my fun fact about Cornettos in, in the, or Cornetto? I don't know. Does it have a plural? Is it like moose? Um, (laughs) Moose? In uh, this series and what they represent? Um. It's part of my trivia. It's real quick. Let me just finish this and then I'll have you do it. So this movie is the first in the Cornetto Three Flavors trilogy. Yeah. Three. I just have what each flavor represents. Well, and I'll, I'll say that, yeah. Um, three Edgar Wright Simon Pegg films that are not sequels, but are all sort of horror comedy films. Hot Fuzz was the second. The World's End was the third. And each movie makes passing references to Cornetto ice creams. So they don't, they're not in the same world. The, rappers. the characters you are different. You see the rappers okay. in each movie. So there you go. And in this one, uh, Nick Frost asks for a Cornetto. Yes. So you ready? Yes, I'm ready. So in this one, it's the red wrapper, which is, which represents blood and zombies. Yeah. Uh, it's strawberry flavor. Yeah. Um, 
in Hot Fuzz, it's blue and vanilla. Like the color is blue and the flavor is vanilla it's for cops. the police. Um, and then in the world's end, it's uh, it's peppermint, and the wrapper is green for science fiction and like aliens because there's like a sci-fi element to uh, the world's end. That's really funny. Yeah, I like that. I love that. I just, I really also enjoy that there's no real connection between the movies. Oh no, it's just because he wants them to 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 be pulled together by some sort of little thread, little thematic thread. I think that's great motif or whatever you want to call it. And I it. love all three of those movies. Oh, yeah, they're all great. They're all And they're awesome. all Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Is they, Nick Frost in yes, The World's End? Yes, he is. Okay. He's in all three. Yeah, thoughts. And so is, yeah, and Simon Pegg, of course, is the star in all three. Simon Pegg... I've only seen The World's End once. I've seen it a couple times. I saw it in theaters, um, and then I've seen it, I think, maybe once or two other times. Yeah. Hot Fuzz is definitely my favorite of the I agree. three. I agree. But whatever. Um, so that's kind of all I have for you, uh, Tom. Oh my God, this might be like the shortest opening if it wasn't for my Vincent Price monologue at the beginning. Well, we're going to do a whole uh, segment, uh, an, an entire Vincent Price impression at the end. So I was going to just sing Thriller. Well, we could do Monster Mash too. All right, perfect. <laughs> um, so give me a nice little summary of Shaun of the Dead, which I'm very intrigued to see how this summary is going to go. I think it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, I was going to do the whole thing in a British accent, but I don't think that's... Um, yeah, I don't think you need to. <laughs> this could probably be borderline offensive. Um, <laughs> okay, so, Sean of the Dead. We open up at a London pub called the Winchester, where Sean, with a U, played by Simon Pegg, is having a pint with his girlfriend Liz, played by Kate Ashfield. Liz is telling Sean how she feels as if their relationship is stagnated, largely in part to Sean's devotion to his childhood friend and current flatmate Ed played by Nick Frost. Perfect name. Who it's revealed is playing an arcade game just feet away from the pair. They're also joined by Diane with two N's, played by Lucy Davis. Who you may know as Dawn from the British office. Yes. Uh, and Diane is Liz's longtime friend. And they're also with Diane's boyfriend, David, played by Dylan Moran, reinforcing Liz's point that they never have any time to themselves. And then later on, back at the flat, Ed is playing video games while Sean gets ready for work as an electronic salesman. They're criticized by their third flatmate, Pete, because Ed is an unemployed slacker who always leaves the apartment a mess, and Sean enables his behavior because they're longtime friends. Pete also yells at them for leaving the door open constantly, so things are not going well for our pal Sean. Sean heads to work, and in the background, you can already see the, uh, the outbreak coming. I love that's It might be one of my favorite scenes, actually. It's, it it's really fun. sets the scene really nicely. You see some... People that are like slow and plotting. You see people get bit even, but Sean doesn't notice. He's sort of stuck in his own world. He's going to get flowers for his mom. And then he heads to a local convenience store where the clerk is missing. He literally bumps into a zombie on his way to work, but he assumes it was a homeless person accosting him as he continues on. That night, Sean forgets to book a restaurant for his anniversary date with Liz and she breaks up with him. So Sean and Ed head back to the Winchester, of course, and get drunk. On their way home, they pass by another handful of zombies, assuming them to be drunk people leaving the bar. They get home and they blast hip-hop music as Pete complains, having work in the morning despite it being Sunday, and again yells at Sean to get his crap together. He also talks about how he got mugged on his way home from work and he has a wound on his arm, but that's probably nothing, right? Uh-oh. The next day, Sean and Ed encounter a pair of zombies in their garden, and then they realize that they're zombies. They're zombies. <laughs> they didn't even think it was at first. No, no, they thought that somebody like stumbled into the garden. Yes. 
And after one zombie walks in through the open front door, they try a few tactics, including tossing a bunch of Sean's vinyl records at them. They do, they're pretty selective with the records. They save Prince's Sign of the Times, but they toss the Batman 1984 soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, But it's not enough. They eventually finish the pair off with a cricket bat and a shovel. Sean also discovers that Pete has turned into a zombie from the wound that he mentioned, and he and Ed run out of the house. Sean devises a plan to rescue Liz and Sean's mother, Barbara, and then head to the Winchester. Ed takes Pete's car, and the pair drive over to Barbara's house. Sean runs in and has a confrontation with his dad, I mean stepdad, Mm -hmm. Philip, played by Bill Nagy, who has been bitten, but is still alive. And my king. Just in general? I just love him. Yeah. From there, they take Philip's Jaguar and they drive it over to Liz's place, where they pick up Liz, David, and Diane. In the car, on the way to the Winchester, Philip explains to Sean the difficulties of being a stepdad. He apologizes to him for his behavior right before he succumbs to his wound and becomes a zombie in the car That was with the rest of them. A beautiful scene, though. It uh, actually was very sweet. Yeah. The group abandons the car, and on their way on foot to the Winchester, they run into a group led by Sean's friend, Yvonne. That's a mirror image of Sean's group. Yeah, it was very funny. They all, like, walk by, and they're like, hey, how's it going? Like, There's, like, <laughs> really famous people in that yeah, group. Martin, Martin Freeman. Freeman is in it, and Matt Lucas, is yeah. one, who's currently one of the hosts of Bake Off and was in Bridesmaids. Yeah. During a mass melee with the zombies outside the Winchester, Sean uses himself as a decoy in order to allow the remainder of the group to find a way inside. Inside, David criticizes Sean to the other members of the group, saying that Sean has no real plan and that holing up inside a pub is a stupid idea. When Sean arrives, he discovers that the zombies followed him to the bar, and when Ed plays the arcade game again, dozens, if not hundreds, of zombies storm the building. So dumb, Ed. The group fends off the Winchester's zombie landlord to the sounds of Don't Stop Me Now by Queen because the jukebox was on random. Uh, When they discover that the pub's namesake, a Winchester rifle above the bar, is a functional gun. Shortly, he actually doesn't shoot him with it. He hits him with it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Shortly thereafter, Barbara reveals to Liz and Sean that she was bitten in the scrum before they entered the Winchester, but that she didn't want to be a bother. I love her. I love her. So good. She tells Sean that although this was her first time meeting Liz after three years of them dating, she does approve of her, and then Barbara dies. Barb. David immediately takes the Winchester and points it at Barbara, though Sean steps between them, pleading against logic that his mom wouldn't turn into a zombie. This causes a group argument in which Sean accuses David of being in love with Liz, which even his girlfriend Diane was aware of and was like, whatever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, when Barbara reanimates as a zombie, a distraught Sean shoots her. Whew. Aww. A few moments later, with David trying to make up for the friction he caused, zombies break through the windows and tear him limb from limb. Yeah, that was that was disgusting. <laughs> well, Diane attacks the horde with David's leg, and then she disappears. We don't see what happens to she, her. We, we just assume that she yeah. doesn't make it. I think in the commentary they say she's like that she's alive. Or they did like a graphic novel or something after the fact where she's alive. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. that's cool. Um. Coincidentally, a zombified Pete, remember their third yeah. flatmate, uh, arrives at the bar and he bites Ed before being shot and killed by Sean. He really has been jealous of Ed this I whole know. time. Wouldn't you be? Oh, who wouldn't Ed could be? just hang around the house all day and play video games and whatever. This guy's got to work on a Sunday. Yeah. I would, be a, I would be jealous of Ed too. That's a good point. Sean, Liz, and Ed jump behind the bar. Sean sets the bar on fire to create literally a firewall, but the zombies just walk around the other side and enter <laughs> through the swinging bar door. Yeah. So from there... Our gang heads to the cellar where Sean hands a dying Ed the Winchester rifle with two bullets remaining and leaves his friend who has volunteered for a hero's death. Aw. 
When Sean and Liz take a lift out to the street, the British army arrives, apparently with the help of Sean's friend, Yvonne, uh, who they ran into earlier in the movie. And she's like, hey, Sean, how's it going? Every single time. She sees him like three times in yes. the movie. Every time. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> the soldiers gun down the zombie horde, leaving our heroes safe. We get an epilogue six months later. Civilization is back to normal. Some remaining zombies are being exploited for profit, of course. Of they're the, course. They're the contestants on game shows. They're used for cheap labor, like returning shopping carts at grocery stores. And they're the subjects of dramatic retellings of what is now called Z-Day. Sean, now living with Liz and having apparently gotten his life together. Their house is pretty nice. Their apartment yeah. or whatever. Um, he heads to his shed in the garden where he's playing video games with a chained and zombified Ed. Aww. And the credits roll... To You're My Best Friend by Queen. That's cute. Oh, another Queen song. Yeah, that's, I didn't think about that. That's Shaun of the Dead. That's an excellent summary. It was pretty good, right? I, I actually am very impressed. Yeah. There, there was some stuff that I missed, and then I was like, no, I have to add that. I have to add that. When you go through it like that, it really emphasizes one of the things that I wrote here, which is that I think that this movie has the most heart out of any in the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. I, There's I just, more likable characters in it. Yeah, and I just it. I think that you see growth in the characters. I love Sean's relationship with his parents. I yes. think that his relationship with his stepdad. His mom is un unreal. His mom is so cute. Well, I have a question for you that I, I'm just I'm just gonna ask it now. Did did the segment with the mom? Did you feel like it fit in the movie? Because to me, it was like. That's that's some hardcore stuff. Like when he's like has to shoot her. Uh, yeah, I did think it fit. I guess. I mean, the rest of it felt to me, other than the dad scene, like stepdad scene, felt like it's like a wacky, zany comedy. Like like Ed is 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 making like cracking all these crazy jokes, but then like he's got to kill his mom. I just think that it's a very amplified kind of caricature version of this idea that everybody's got to grow up at some point. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, Sean's been holding on to his adolescence yeah. and immaturity for so long that if it takes Z-Day where he has yeah. to like literally kill his stepdad and his uh, mom. He didn't kill his stepdad. Or They left him in the car, remember? Oh, right. They left him in the car. <laughs> and he turns the music off. Yes, you're right. <laughs> oh my God, that was so funny. Um, if he has to like kill the zombie version of his mom um, after kind of making peace with everything with his stepdad and, and taking that leap into adulthood, then that's what it takes. It's you know? just so dark. It is, For but it's a zombie movie. But even when Ed dies, he farts as he's dying. <laughs> like, <laughs> True. It's just really real. I don't think it was necessary. I was just asking the question. It's, it's a very dark moment in an otherwise mostly comedic movie. I just feel like it's supposed to be super symbolic. I guess there yeah, I mean surely, but there's I guess there's no way to have like a funny scene where he kills his mom. No, <laughs> kills the exactly. zombie mom. And think about it, what would be a better way for Barb's to not make it, you know? Like, I don't know. I'm not a freaking screenwriter. I'm just asking the questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I think that it was I, I think it was fitting. I I think it was a good uh kind of thing to be like, look, Sean is is becoming an adult. Uh, he's 29 in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, he should probably... We're older than him. Yeah, I know. He looked way older he looked than older. us. He was 30 in real life, so we're the same age as him in real life. Really? Yeah. I don't think I'm that old. I still think I'm like 22. 
Yeah, you're not. I know. Old now. <laughs> Washed. So my first question. No, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. In reality, he was 32. Okay, good. We're good. Yeah, We're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll um, never be 32. No, never. <laughs> um, so my first question is very just overall. What's your favorite Edgar Wright movie? We mentioned him at the top. Do you have a fave? It doesn't need to be from the Cornetto trilogy. I think it's Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Uh, this one is up there. I think I we both said like when the credits rolled, we were like, this movie's really good, but Hot Fuzz is a little bit better. Hot Fuzz, if you have not seen it, it is the second Cornetto movie and it's uh, shot, Simon Pegg. He plays a very straight-laced police officer who's very, very by the book and he annoys his uh, people that he works with he so gets, much. He gets sent to like a small town. Yes. He was in London, but he is so by the book and annoying that they're like, no, you yeah. need to stop. We're going to send you to this like small sleepy town where yeah. nothing happens yeah get out of here um so he goes to this sleepy town nick frost who played ed in Shaun of the dead is this kind of i don't know ne'er do well yes i son of the police chief who also <laughs> is a cop and he just like gets drunk every night at the bar and doesn't actually do anything he is a very similar character to in this yeah. movie and but he's a simon little- peg is very different yeah uh, Ed, Ed is a little bit less like mean than his character in Hot Fuzz is, though. Yes. But you know why I like Hot Fuzz a little bit more? Why? Because of Timothy Dalton. Oh, he's so good. He is unbelievable in Hot Fuzz. He's like the guy that they think, like they sort of set you up to think is the main villain. And he is a villain, but like just his like mustachioed evildoer face and his he played James Bond too that's the funny part to me yeah um I just love Timothy Dalton in that movie so much he's so good yeah and so basically but I will also give an honorable mention to Scott Pilgrim oh that's good but I've only seen it once so yeah yeah um, but it's yeah, in fun. Hot Fuzz, people start dying and they have to figure out why. It's like a big conspiracy thing. Yeah, 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 it's really good. It's very, very fun. Scott Pilgrim is also excellent. That's like Canadian. Okay. I know he's British, but like the movie's kind of Canadian, I think. Sure. Is that just in my mind? Is Michael Sarah Canadian? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I know that um, Anna Kendrick is from Maine, so that's as close to Canada that's, as you can get, right? Yeah, that's almost Canada. It's almost Canada. I don't know why I think it's Canadian, but I just think Scott Pilgrim is... It just gives me Canada vibes. I don't know. I can... I, I actually don't disagree with you. I can't place a tangible reason why that's the case, but I, I you're right. Does it take place in Canada? I don't know. I'm looking it up Am right I now. crazy? I just it swear it's Canadian. <laughs> um, Michael Sarah is Canadian. I knew that. So that's something. Yeah. Um, what about Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Mm, American. Oh, God. Yeah. So it's like partially Canadian. <gasps> At least, I, I think it takes place in Toronto. Um, filming, it filmed in Toronto. Okay. Well, yeah, and the setting is Toronto. So it is woo! Canadian. We got there. I, I, I knew it. We got there. I knew Scott it. Scott Pilgrim versus the world confirmed Canadian. Confirmed Canadian. Uh, I love Scott Pilgrim. I first saw that in college my freshman year. It was one of the first movies we watched during the pandemic. That was when I watched it. That's the only time I've seen it. And it's excellent. Very fun. Very, very fun. But Shaun of the Dead is up there too. I, I really, yeah, really yeah, 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 enjoy yeah. it. I just think Hot Fuzz is my number one. One question that I had. So at the beginning, there's a scene, a tracking shot that sort of follows Sean sort of languidly, almost like a zombie would as he walks the streets of London and people are just kind of meandering, whatever. And I know that it's supposed to be symbolic of it's a commentary on on Londoners and culture and and people just kind of looking at their phones all day, not paying attention. It wasn't even phones at this point. It was just like work culture drones. Yeah. And being kind of like droning through your day, blah, blah, blah. 
blah, blah, whatever. Like how he doesn't even recognize any of these people as zombies. Because yes. <laughs> it's just like normal behavior. And I thought that it was so expertly shot. Right. The cinematography oh, yeah. was yeah, just yeah, yeah. so good here. So Cause I you, just, well, cause, sorry, because you have to show him not paying attention to these people while also calling attention to them in the background. So it was it was well done. Exactly. I just want to know favorite instances of cinematography. It could be to set them set a specific mood. You told me I didn't need to prepare anything for the, for this. All right. I'll give you some. OK. Because I wrote down a little list. My first one is one of your favorite movies in the mood for love. Yes. That's a 2001 or 2000? Uh, I forget when it came out in the U.S. It was something. Is it a Hong Kong movie? Hong Kong, yes. And it is just the most beautifully shot romance I've ever seen. Wong Kar Wai, the god. It also has Tony Leung, who was recently in uh, Shang-Chi. He was the villain in Shang-Chi. It was his first American role. Oh, really? And um, Maggie Leung, I think, is the female lead. But I don't know if if she's been in. Her outfits are fire throughout the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, the movie's amazing. In it, the movie. Sorry, it's Maggie Tony Long, Maggie Chung. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um the the movie is filmed. It almost feels fuzzy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, sort it of. It feels it feels like like n- nostalgic. Yeah. And it's told in like vignette form, where it's like little like a little bit of a story, and then it'll pick up like however many weeks later, and then it'll pick up again. And a lot of it, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember it being filmed through things. So like, yeah, like through, through a window or yeah. through glass or doorways where you just get a peek well, of something. Because it's about a married guy and a married girl. And they're like, have to like steal looks at each other. And like, you, you see sort of both of their marriages decline as they're starting to get to know each other. And it's just the, the way that the, the cinematography is almost a character in itself. Yeah. Which was really, really interesting. Definitely one of my favorite like shot movies. Another one that I said was Carol. Yeah. Carol is a love story starring Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. It's set in the- Is that the- Todd Field also? Because he just did the, the new one with Kate Blanchett. I think so. Maybe. It is set in the 50s and it's very, again, based in nostalgia. It's beautifully shot. Carol was Todd Haynes. Todd Haynes, that's yeah. it. Yes. And it's just gorgeous. Like, I just could look at that movie all day. It's, it's truly stunning. Um, Zodiac. Yeah. Was one I picked. That's a David Fincher movie that just feels very 70s. David Fincher, his movies, I don't know if he always works with the same photographer or, or cinematographer. They always feel crisp. Yeah. Like, I, I I don't know. There's just a certain look to his movies where if I were to just get an opening scene, I would be able to pick it out and be mm-hmm. like, oh, that's David Fincher. And Zodiac, I think, is the best example of it. And if you haven't seen Zodiac, I definitely recommend it. I know we're in a little bit of um, true crime overload. Yes. But Zodiac's a really, really great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moonlight. Moonlight, yeah. I picked Moonlight, of course, which... A lot of it takes place, maybe all of it, in Miami. Yeah, in the area. Most of it in Miami. And you get the neon colors of Miami Mm -hmm. um, with the blue. It's blue is a very big theme motif in the movie. And blue is just so vibrant. And and it's gorgeous the way that the cinematography is able to portray that color in many different ways. And then the final one I picked a more recent movie, Tragedy of Macbeth. Yes. Which is a black and white movie by one of the Coen brothers. Joel. Maybe. I'm going to say Joel. Starring Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand. And it's wild what they're able to do with just black and white. Yeah. Um, Speaking of gorgeous. black and white, mm-hmm. 
I just rewatched Citizen Kane recently, and I mean, it's Citizen Kane. I mean, it's Citizen Kane for a reason. If you haven't seen Citizen Kane, just watch it, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's mm-hmm. the cinematography in that movie is so before its time. There's just so much that happens, and you're like, wait a minute, that was in like, you know, a movie that came out in 2015, right? Like, it's like, yeah, because they've still been doing it since 1941. It's like, it, it's it's really an amazing movie, and it lives up to the hype. If you're into movies like if you're looking for something that's action-packed or whatever you're not really going to get that but if you're really into movies and like film techniques and things like that it doesn't get any better than Orson Welles honestly great any other uh, pieces of cinematography you can think of that you really liked yeah I mean there's a lot of like like beautiful individual shots like in Dunkirk and Blade Runner 2049 and like movies like that that are more like a higher scale blockbuster type movies I'm sure Top Gun Maverick has a bunch of them Dune exactly um, but when it comes to portraying the like, getting story across as opposed to like, oh, that's a beautiful landscape, like in the mood for love is my number one. There you like go. I think. Love it. Moonlight's up there too. I said that this movie, Shaun of the Dead, this is the first time I've rewatched it since 2020. There's a whole new uh, sense of reality. Yeah. Now that we're uh I don't know, a midst post whatever you want to call it pandemic. I read that at some point. I don't know if it was the British uh, like equivalent of the CDC that what is it? The the uh, whatever the health department is in, in the UK used this as NHS? like maybe used this as like their not as their disease response team, but they used it as an example uh, within their disease response like trainings. Of like certain scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. I I was kind of freaked out by it, to be honest, when I watched yeah. it this time, because a lot of it is sort of very reminiscent of like when you think about people just kind of ignoring the fact that the pandemic existed. Yeah. Um, just like Sean kind of not seeing what was actually going on. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's it's not a, a happy reminder when I'm watching it. It actually, like, scarred me. <laughs> it's not warm and fuzzy. No. Thinking of, like, New York City at the beginning when they were having, like, makeshift hospitals and you just saw, like, people sick and dying, like, just in the streets. And it's this, awful. And this movie it doesn't even focus on the response part of it. This no. is just This is a character movie. Right. It's yeah. not It's not about how London responded or whatever. It's kind of interesting because I saw one thing on Wikipedia that this was being compared to kind of like as a response to 9-11. Okay. Which is kind of interesting hmm. and sort of um, a kind of ever societal so like kind of blinders on when it came to some of the like crazy stuff that was going on. Um, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Too. Yeah, I wouldn't have put that together. I, yeah. But uh, apparently that's something that was taught. After okay. that. Now, obviously, now we see a very yeah. uh, big connection to COVID. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was interesting. What's your favorite piece of zombie media? Hmm. I mine is I love this movie and I love Sean of or, or, excuse me, I love Zombieland. So I haven't seen a lot of the big ones. I haven't seen the George A. Romero movies. No, me George either. C. Romero. A. George A. Romero. I haven't seen like 28 Days Later, which was Danny Boyle. Yeah. Right? Is that um uh, Clive Owen? Is he in that? Yes. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. It was in one of them. There was 28 Days Later, 28 Weeks Later. <gasps> oh, my God. Um, 28 years later coming out soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am a big fan of The Last of Us, the video oh, game. Oh, that's being made into a show, right? It is with um, 
Bella Ramsey from Game of Thrones. She was uh, the little girl uh, Mormont who killed like the giant or whatever. She was awesome. And then and Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal is the, is the lead. I like him. It was a very cinematic game. And it was like sort of begging to be a movie or a TV show. And it's by the guy who did Chernobyl. Did they base the... Is that the one where they based the the one character on Elliot Page? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, and that was like a big controversy. There was like a lawsuit or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ellie's a great character. So I'm hoping that the show will live up to, you know, the game storyline and all that. And from what I've seen, they just put out a teaser the other day. It looks, it looks really good. It's not out yet. Not out yet. Is it going to be HBO? HBO. Okay. Craig Mazin. All right. Uh, Ted Cruz's college roommate. Oh my God, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The or Chernobyl guy, right? Yeah. Um, I, I would did was not gonna. Not a Ted Cruz fan, Craig um, Mazin. You know. Um, I was not prepared for you to say that answer. I think that's a great answer. Yeah, I like the early Walking Dead seasons. I've only seen the first season and I really liked it. I know it became. It's, I, I also know. really liked the story of the Telltale Walking Dead video game. Okay. It was like sort of a story point and click game. Uh, the first season was really, really awesome. Zombies have had a moment yeah. in the past, I don't know, a couple decades. Why do you think that is? I think it's an easy, it's an easy, scary thing that it's like a vampire or a ghost. Like there's, you can do a million things with them. If you think about it, there's, there's a million different ways to create a zombie. Like there's these where they're sort of like slow plotting dumb monsters and there's, there's some like in fast ones. Um, there's some like in this video game Left 4 Dead, uh, which I used to play back in the day on like Xbox 360. Whoa! Um, Shout out! Yeah, uh, cool well, guy well, over here. Well, it was cool because there was four characters and you could have four people play as you know oh, that's each neat. character. Um, and those there were different ones. There were some that were really fast. There were ones that were really fat and powerful. Like, like there's so many different things you could do with zombies that make them. Very accessible and easy to scare people. Mm -hmm. People are scared of dead people, especially when the dead people look like them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think also there is a... um, That being said, I think vampires are a little bit more uh, malleable and interesting. Do you? Because you can... They can talk. They can do stuff. You know, like zombies are zombies. Yeah. I think that with zombies too, you have the whole thing of like... uh, a disease that can ravage yeah. a, everybody. Like, it could be anybody. It could be anybody. And you could it, walk in any door and there could be a zombie. Yeah, that door. I think that there's something to be said for that. But then, but then you, you, you can possibly wade too far into the science and the, like, you know, yeah, the boring. Yeah. Who cares? And, and, well, I was going to say, and then, and then you, and then you risk losing a decent part of your audience. That who, would be who me. I'd follow. be like, I literally don't care. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, that's very true. Do you why have World War Z is another one I haven't seen, but oh, I just wanted yeah, to shout I know that people one out. Like that. And I am legend I've seen. Oh, those yeah, were ones that, that were, was really those good. Those were ones where they were really fast. Oh right. Yeah. That movie though. Yeah. There's something happens in that movie that people got real mad about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sandy. Is that what the dog's name is? Oh, was? I thought it was when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Oh no, it's when the dog dies. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, why haven't werewolves had their moment yet, Tom? You didn't watch Wolfman? No. I did. Benicio del Toro and Anthony Hopkins. Uh, No, I have not. It was all right. Why do you think Wolf, the werewolf saga, it hasn't really progressed past Twilight? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, there's it might be maybe because it's a little bit outdated. Maybe like I don't have to ever walk outside with a full moon. Oh yeah, I guess. I'll just be inside. I'll be watching TV. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't really know, honestly. I think maybe it's because well, I mean, Harry Potter. 
Uh, but there's not. Oh, yeah, with Lupin. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, the movie Wolf, 1994, I think, with Jack Nicholson, which is really bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just something about it that I guess is a little bit more niche and a little bit. People haven't tapped into the to the fear. To, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because there's like there's really only like one cause for it in popular culture because like you're bit by a wolf yeah or you're or you're in the moonlight or whatever and it's yeah. like i don't know there's there's less you can do with that than there is with vampires who live in cool castles and like think i don't know maybe i'm wrong let's make a great werewolf movie okay that sounds fun let's make a werewolf like just like a nice cozy maybe kid show well yeah well we could do like a nature documentary <laughs> of a werewolf <laughs> but he's animated and yeah. his teeth are filed down. Oh, that's cute. All right, perfect. <laughs> Tom, you have a lot of questions. I do. You have way more than me. I do. Um, well, why don't we start with like Mrs. Nesbitt and the food stuff? Okay. Mrs. Nesbitt, it's I guess it's Sean. It's Sean, of course. The, it our is. last few Mrs. Nesbits haven't been super interesting. No, this one though I do think I is. I think there is an identity crisis here. Uh, it's yeah. just the last few happen to basically be the, the protagonist or Fiona in the Shrek episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely Sean. I know that he still wants to have fun with his friend and just be kind of like chilling and whatever. But, but he you doesn't know. even. I mean, he likes Ed, but like even he knows that like Ed is kind of a deadbeat. Well, that's where the identity crisis comes right, in, right, right? right? Like part of him does like to hang he out wants with him. To, and he wants to be there with Ed in the middle of the day playing video games, but he has to go to work. Right, exactly. Yeah. But he knows that deep down that he kind of does need to grow up. Yeah. But at the end. He can have his cake and eat it, too. I know. So um, <laughs> Ed tries to bite him, too, at the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, that kind of gets into, though, don't you have I don't know about keeping Ed as your like servant slave. He's not a servant slave. He just he that's what he would He's be doing chained anyway. up, Tom. Are, are we zombie rights activists now? I like seriously. I think that there is something to be said for that. OK, when. At the end of the movie, the zombies are being forced to do menial labor and they're being like made fun of on TV shows. But why are we like holding up your best friend? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know about that. But whatever. Miss Nesbitt. Yeah. Mrs. Nesbitt. I'm sorry. Mrs. Nesbitt. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess there are some moral quandaries to it, but. Yeah. I don't know. Zombies, Zombies killed a lot of people. Okay, but they couldn't I, I help it. I don't like parading them out on display, you know, on TV. But you're okay with him keeping him in a shed in his backyard? Yeah, it's Ed. Oh my God. <laughs> that's what he'd be doing anyway? Exactly. Yeah, I know that's the joke. He'd be doing it in the living room, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about the food segment? Cornettos, obviously. Yeah, Cornettos, obviously. Beer from the Winchester. Um, well, the most... The thing that the one that stuck out to me, I don't remember the first two things that, but it was when they get into the bar, yeah. And David's like throwing food at them, and he's like something, something, hog lumps, and he throws like the little things called hog lumps at hog them. Hog lump? <laughs> yes. What are hog lumps? Like hot dogs? I don't know. I think no, they were in like a little package or like a little candy thing. But he was doing it like he was. Oh, maybe they're like pork rinds. He was like, why are we at this stupid bar? Like all it's got here, we have no real food. We have whatever. We have whatever. We have hog lumps, and he's like throwing them at them. And, all right, hold and they're on. like relax, dude. I'm looking up hog lumps right now. I'm pretty sure that I think they've got to be pork rinds. I think I read that they were made for the like they were named for like in the movie. They're not real things. Oh yeah, yeah. It seems yeah. You're right. Yep. But they definitely. Uh, yeah, it's a fictitious brand name of pork scratchings or pork rinds in Shaun of the Dead. I found that on Urban Dictionary. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they're like fake 
pork rinds, yeah. hog lumps. That's awesome, Tom. I did not catch that. Yeah, it sounds like something from Harry Potter or something. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, okay. I, all right. I, I got a couple questions here. One, if Ed was your friend and you were in Sean's position or Pete's position, would you let him stay in the flat? Would you kick no. him out? No. How would you handle the situation? You'd say, Ed, you need to, you gotta go. You gotta start cleaning up after yourself you or you gotta, gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta, that's you gotta easy. pay the rent. That's easy. Okay, so I, my related question, you already answered it. Is like, is Pete wrong? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Pete is not wrong. Like Ed is like a third person living there and not paying and, rent. And they're leaving the door open all the time. Yeah. And they're coming home blasting music at like four o'clock in the morning. Yes. <laughs> it's absolutely unacceptable. Pete is not in the wrong at all. I feel bad for him. <laughs> oh, no, I know. In this and then case. he just turns into a zombie. zombie. Yeah. And then Sean shoots him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pete is definitely the like unsung hero. Poor He's Pete. the tragedy of this story. Yes. Like, you know that like beforehand he was calling his mom or his girlfriend or something. It's like, I can't with these guys. I, I gotta do something. I know. And it just happened to be and, and on Well, Z-Day. listen to me. I have to talk to Sean have about to this. Talk to Sean. And yeah, it didn't work out so well for him, unfortunately. Yeah. We there should be a redemption movie where it's just a totally alternate timeline. It's from Pete's point of view, and he figures this crap out. Well, did you see that they considered doing a, a sequel? A, a sequel, but they considered doing it from Yvonne's point of view. Oh, I saw something else. Yeah, I saw a couple things. One of them was that they would just redo the movie, but from Yvonne's perspective, Sean's friend that also okay. survived. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah, the other one that I saw was that they wanted to do a, a sequel with a different, like, monster. And I think it was going to be vampires because they were going to call it From Dusk Till Sean. Yes, I saw that. That was amazing. <laughs> but then they were like, nah, this is good enough as a standalone, and they didn't do that. Yeah. Um, no, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Is I don't know what my answer to this is, but is Simon Pegg like a top tier everyman kind of actor? I think so. I think he can also play funny. I, oh yeah, um, definitely. What was he in the Mission Impossible movies? Apparently, he was like very funny in those. Yeah. Um, he some is of the funny. later movies. He's very he's funny. He's funny as the straight man. Like yeah. he's funny. Oh yeah, I think that he's definitely top tier. I would also give you a uh, a Jason Bateman as a top tier yeah. straight man. Yeah. You know. Um. But yeah, I think that it's a very difficult role to play yeah when you have to be the serious one when you have to be like the jerry seinfeld kind of Uh, yeah (laughs) um when you know that you're probably not going to be anybody's favorite in the movie yeah exactly (laughs) and i think that he he plays the uh, like very much the straight man in hot fuzz yeah and then world's end he's a little bit wackier yeah um and i actually prefer him in the the everyman role yeah um so that's actually really interesting um, yeah, I'm trying to think. There was another thing that he was in that I really like. I'm looking it up really quick right now. Uh, it was something, I think, again, where he was like an everyman sort of deal. He was in Paul. Oh, um, Star Wars. Yes. He was good in Star in The Force Awakens. And Star Trek was the other one. Mm-hmm. He was Scotty in Star Trek. Yep. Uh, of Chris Pine. Uh, 2009's Chris Pine Star Trek fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in that one. Yes. Uh, Don't Worry Darling fame. Yes. <laughs> he is now of Don't Worry Darling fame. <laughs> So there's a scene in the movie where uh, it was right after Liz breaks up with Sean and Ed and Sean are at the Winchester, of course. And all of a sudden, the jukebox comes on random because apparently this jukebox just plays random songs. Yeah. And the random song it decides to play at the time of the breakup is uh, Chicago's If You Leave Me Now. Yeah. Uh, Is there do you have a song like 
let's say it was a breakup song that you would be, or any song that you would be like furious if it played at a bar randomly like I that. really I saw you wrote this question I don't have an answer to that if I'm going with like a, if I just got broken up with yeah I would not want to hear Adele someone like you yeah yeah, yeah right <laughs> like I wouldn't want to hear a sad breakup song um someone I mean, like you is good Right? I think if you're going in the John Mulaney direction, what's new Pussycat for 75 times in a row? Probably would not want to hear <laughs> that's that. A, that's one of our favorite John Mulaney bits. So funny. I My thing is I just would not want to hear a song more than once in a row. Like if you're playing Aqua's Barbie Girl once, that's fine. If it plays for a fifth time in a row, Honestly, that's a Honestly, if you problem. get to like the second verse of it, it's, it's like, okay, let's move yeah. on here. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to hear Cotton Eye Joe. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't want to hear like Right Said Fred. Yeah. Like, I would not be interested in anything like that. Flock of Seagulls, uh, I ran so far away. That song kind of slaps. Yeah, though. maybe I would want to hear that one. I kind of would. Um, you know, I think if you play like Toto's Africa, but then you play Weezer's Africa, like I don't need that. Yeah. You know, like let's just keep it moving with different stuff. All right. Um, on the other hand, if you could pick a song, like Ed always has to have music on when he's driving. Uh, if you were like flying down the road during a zombie apocalypse, what's the song that you would want to be playing? Oh, it's those two songs that you added to our baby playlist. Oh, uh, Born to Raise Hell That's by Motorhead. It. Yeah. And Hellraiser by Ozzy Osbourne. Definitely. I think the Motorhead one is probably going to be my choice. Yeah. Born to Raise Hell by Motorhead. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's going to be my zombie uh, kick That's a good song. one. That's a good one. Yeah, thank you. What are the ones that they use in zombie? There was a couple in Zombieland. Zombieland oh. has a has. I gotta rewatch. Oh, that's Zombieland. that's another one of my favorite. Uh, I said zombie. Zombieland. I, I missed that. I was too busy thinking. Zombieland is so good. Yeah, that's up there for me too. Um, I have a couple of zombie apocalypse questions for okay. you. I said these. Right? Yeah, I'm ready for these. Um, what weapon would you want to use? A rolling pin. Okay. Because number one, it's themed because I do like to bake. Yeah. Number two, you can kind of squish them, which is like if you're squishing somebody's head, you can roll their heads. So you know that they still are made of like bones, right? <laughs> you squish really. You like jump <laughs> on it and roll it. And then you They're also. They're not the Pillsbury Doughboy zombies. <laughs> um, but also you can like turn them to the sides and poke their eyes out. Okay. So. Is it just a regular rolling pin or are there like knives on the end of them? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's it. It's very customizable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if, you know, you just take a couple of pen knives and you're you're good. Yeah. Um, but okay. yeah, I, th- I like a rolling pin. It's also a blunt object so you could just smack somebody with it. I'll accept a rolling pin. It's made with um made with a nice sturdy wood, but I do have one that's made of like like a fake marble. So yeah. you can also go with those. That might break though. Yeah. So I think I'm going to stick with a solid wood rolling pin with knives stuck on the ends. Perfect. What would yours be? I didn't think of one, but I don't know. My CPAP machine? <laughs> yeah, your CPAP machine is pretty it's a intensive. Brick. It's a brick. I just think it's plastic, though. Yeah. I think you need something wood. Okay, or a brick. A brick would be good. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, swords are the coolest, but I feel like swords are bad for zombie apocalypses. Because uh, if you get stuck, you're screwed. Yeah. You get stuck in an organ. You just need a done. You need a blunt object. You like need a the blunt cricket, object. The cricket thing that Sean has is oh, it's good. okay. Um well I guess, you know, I do play men's softball. So maybe yeah. I could go to this like a like a, a aluminum bat. aluminum bat. I like that. Yeah. That's it's good. it's not flashy, but it works. Yeah. That's not a very exciting answer, but we'll take no, it. No, it's not flashy, but it works. Yeah. Like me. Aw. Um if you could pick one actor or movie character to align with in the zombie apocalypse who would it be does it ha- it doesn't have to be from Shaun of the dead right no, anyway i pick bruno from encanto okay because he Why? was able to hide from his family for like decades 
<laughs> like they don't talk about him. They specifically they sing about how they don't talk they about him. They don't talk about him. He's nowhere to be found. He lives literally in their house for like yeah. decades. That is pretty good. And nobody can find him. Nobody knew he was there. Yeah. Like I'm picking I'm sticking with Bruno, baby. Wow. Bruno. Did you like that answer? Yeah. John Leguizamo? Johnny Legs. He probably would be so annoying. Famous Italian John Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> but if like I would be good with it if it was Z Day. If it was like one day that you had to like yeah. And then the army comes in and takes care yeah, of everybody. I'm picking Bruno. All right. Not Bruno, like Borat Bruno. No, 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 no. I'm going to go with Bruno from Bruno. No, no. No. <laughs> um, did you think about an answer to this question? No, but I would probably take some sort of an Arnold Schwarzenegger character Yeah, with me. Yeah, you could go the other way. Well, yeah. that's the thing. It's like, are you going to do the hide route or are you going to do the fight I'm, route? I'm going to take the Terminator, T-1000. Okay. okay. He'll find his way through. He may die at the end, spoilers, but he'll he'll find his way through. And then there's more of them they could send back from the future. There's I've got it handled with Arnold. Okay. With the T-1000. I like that. Yeah. That's good. No, I'm sticking with Bruno. Okay, that's fine. It's two different strategies. <laughs> you're going out. Or no, you're going in. I'm going out. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Would you try to find a cure or would you just hide no, somewhere? That I would just hide. I would yeah. just hide. I don't need to be a hero here. Yeah. Let's face it. We're not doing that. We're just going to hide. We're going to wait it out. Yeah. We're going to find the... You and Bruno are going to play like cards or something. Go yeah, fish. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that'll be fun. You keep the TV on. You know what's going on. Are you sure? You, you, I don't know if you can keep the TV on once they start pulling down power lines. Well, what happens if you don't have TV? Then what? Then I'm screwed because <laughs> I need my diners driving some dice. <laughs> I'm, do, I'm doing the zombie apocalypse with Guy Fieri. That's it. If, if they bring down my guy, listen. Then guess what? I'm fighting. <laughs> that, listen, that man will. We will make it work. He will. He will show us the finest zombie meat imaginable Doesn't everywhere matter. yeah we'll, we'll make it we'll make it through me I, the t1000 and guy fieri <laughs> yeah that's my other that's my other answer on who i'm keeping with me yeah guy if, I, fieri. If, if i end up with bobby flay I'm, I'm killing bobby flay and i'm just doing it myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm a, i'm team hide i'm definitely not team find a cure you know i'm not finding a cure what do i have in my brain that will help like the world well like in the last of us the whole thing is that the girl's immune so okay. it's like if you end up with somebody that's immune or if you're immune. Yeah, but how do you know if you're immune? She got bit. Okay, but I'm not taking that <laughs> chance. I don't want to be bit. Okay. Uh, so Sean, when uh, this all goes down, immediately is like, we got to go to the Winchester. Where is your, what is your Winchester if this happens? Okay, so Let's yeah. say it's not your house. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. Mine's going to be a mattress firm because there's nobody that's ever <laughs> No one's ever going to be <laughs> Have you ever seen anyone in a mattress firm? They have so many sales. They're they always, always have sales. 50 promotions at a time. I've never seen anyone in there. More people listen to this podcast than go into a mattress firm. Barely anybody. <laughs> I think a mattress firm. I think that is the perfect answer. Thank you. Um, if this was Family Feud, it would be like 98 yeah. out of 100. <laughs> Um, you know, you've seen the conspiracy theories about mattress firms being like a front. For yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. So I'm picking mattress firm. It doesn't matter which one. Honestly, oh, it no. could be the one in the middle of like yeah, London. The one, it does not matter. The one next to the Acme down the road. It could be any of them. Oh, I know that one. Have you ever seen a soul near there? No. Never. No. Yeah. Mattress firm. Living or dead. Do you have an answer? A mattress, I was, mattress firm was one of the ones that I threw around in my head. It's, Maybe it's, like IHOP after noon. Yeah, because you don't want to go IHOP like five in the morning or no. three in the morning because people will be there. People will be there. Yeah. Yeah. If, when are the ones that are open 24-7 You got to think about, yeah, the the places that people aren't going to go. Yeah. Like maybe a DMV. 
No one's wanna gonna want to go there. Yeah, but how many zombies? I mean, I feel like when you're in there, you're surrounded by like yeah, but can't you then zombies. fake it? So you're gonna like smear zombie all over yourself yeah. to smell like zombies, and yeah. you're gonna blend into the DMV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like be behind the desk at the DMV and yeah. be like, next, yeah, next. Yeah, there's another. This is like probably the worst place to be. There's another game that I forgot about, Dead Rising. Yeah. Uh, where you are at a mall and it's filled with zombies. You okay. don't want to be in the mall when when the when the zombie apocalypse hits. Depends on which store, though. Any of them. Like I feel like if you go well, to if like you're in, if you're in like Brookstone, you're probably fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want to be in a Spencer's. Right. That oh. place is popping. <laughs> <laughs> Like you know, Spencer's. That place is popping. <laughs> that's our that's our first sponsorship right there. Like you're not gonna catch me near Annie Ann's, but if there's like a salad place, yeah. like yeah, I could go Sue Salads. I'll right. go there. You know? Salad Works. Yeah, exactly. Like behind the Salad Works counter at yeah. a mall. I think that if you were in like Urban Outfitters, though, you'd be able to take those zombies. The Urban Outfitters zombies. Yeah, depends. The people that are in Urban Outfitters, if they turn into zombies, you could probably take them out. I don't know. I don't know. They also sell weird stuff in Urban Outfitters, so you could probably grab a weapon in there, too. Maybe. Um, they do have some really cool, like, graphic, vintage graphic tees. <laughs> so if you're going down, at least you can wear, like, an Ozzy Osbourne t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, a, yeah, like an old Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan shirt. I was about to shirt. say, like, an old Philadelphia Eagles sweatshirt that Princess Diana wore once <laughs> that, like, they're like, oh, it's on it for $250. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Your bike shorts. Oh, man. We are not comedians. Uh, what did you think of the way that the zombies like looked and acted? Is there anything you would have changed to make them scarier or funnier? Aw, I wonder if you hear that. That's so cute. <laughs> I'm leaving it in if you do. Um, No. You would make them faster or dumber or or, or more slapstick? Were, no, I think they were perfect. Okay. Like, they're just straight up. They're zombies. They do what zombies do. I like that. I like that it's like... Okay, you don't have to be the smartest or the fastest to survive a zombie apocalypse in this world. Yeah. Like, you can just try and maybe you'll succeed and maybe you won't. Yeah. I like that. Okay. I don't need the only people to survive to be people that are immune or whatever. Like, or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, you can but be. But Arnold's going to survive, though. That's That's the bottom line. That's fine but i also want someone that's normal like sean to be able to survive so i think that they're perfect they are just lumbering they do their thing and you try to just hide from them i like that okay um you already answered whether you would have domesticated a zombie no the answer is absolutely not um so okay so we in a bunch of our previous episodes we've done a little bit of an analysis of the rom-com love interests we've done it for mean girls we've done it for uh, my big fat greek wedding and we've done it for legally blonde this one is not quite a rom-com but the romance is an element of it or at least the relationship is an element of it what do you think about liz in this movie i think that liz is like real like i think that there have been many liz's out there and she's very realistic i think that their relationship is pretty common now common yeah. like i i like that like if you're dating like a sort of a man child yeah exactly and and she she likes her boyfriend she's a he's a nice person she's been likes together him. for three years they've been together for three years she just wants him to like be an adult hang out with like, her like hang out with her and take her to a nice restaurant not hang out at the same bar with this idiot the whole time hey her dumb friends are there too 
I listen, she's not perfect either. Yeah. Um, and I like that. I think Liz is great. I don't think that you could, you know, hang a movie on her. Okay. Um, but I, I think that she's a great supporting character. I want her to live. I want her and Sean to um be successful and have a good relationship, and that's what ended up happening. Um, but is it set in the world on fire? For me, no. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that there's anything to I would sort of there's a little bit more meat here, but I would sort of equate her to Luke Wilson's character in Legally Blonde yeah. in terms of his effect on the movie and her right. effect on the movie. Yeah. Like you're there, they're there to prop up the main character and give them something to either, you know, strive for or 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 give them a goal at the end. What I do like is they didn't make her the nagging girlfriend where it's like, oh, my God, lit. like and they she's could, seen as the like, yeah, you better listen. They could have done that after the first scene. But after the first scene, they don't really do that. No, um, because you kind of see her perspective and you're like, yeah, he is an idiot. Yeah. Um, and I like that. I don't. Liz and Pete are right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's part of the charm of it, yeah, right? Yeah. We still love Sean and want him to do well. But we know that Liz and Pete are the ones that are actually. Yeah. Um, in the right here. Um, that's pretty much all I've got in terms of questions because we we sort of answered them as we went through. Yeah. Um, so I have some trivia. Woo! Going back to the death scene of the mom, um, this is what Barb. made me. This is what made me think, like, oh my god, this is really dark. Other than watching it afterwards, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg said that Simon Pegg reacted to the idea of her dying as if his own mother was being killed. Aww. And after the death scene was filmed, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost actually cried. Oh, that's so cute. That's dark yeah, for this movie. It's, again, it's a zombie movie. It's a zombie comedy. So what? It can be dar- like deeper. I guess. Anyway, so you remember the guy, <laughs> the zombie who has like his arm cut off? No. There's like a, they do like a little like bit with the zombie with his arm cut off and they're, yeah. they like make fun of him. Um, he is a real, like, a guy with an amputated arm. Yeah. Uh, he's an amputee stuntman, and he's also a master fencer. Wow. Uh, Simon Pegg said that he jokes about his arm all the time, and he would often walk around with it dressed up as a bloody stump, like, on set. Aw. I just think that's funny. His name's that's... Tim Bagley. Shout out, Tim. We love you, Tim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know who the stu- the production originally approached to play Barbara? Um... Well, let's see. If we're going older British woman, like Judy Dench. Helen Mirren. <laughs> I was, was going to say Helen Mirren, darn it. She said no because she wanted to be funnier if she was going to do a movie like that. Yeah, Barbara is not. I think Barbara's really funny. She's but like funny in, in the way where way. she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, be a bother, but I got bit by a zombie. Yes. Um, I, do you know who else would be good? Um, is Amelda Staunton would have been good yeah. in that role too. Who was Umbridge in Harry Potter. Yes. She's so cute. Who? What What was the movie that we really liked her in? Um. Was she in Vera Drake? Yeah, that was and it. And she Vera was Drake. in Pride also? Yes. Yeah. She's totally different from Umbridge in both of those movies. Yeah. She's a great actress. She is great. Um, George A. Romero loved this movie so much that he, uh, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright uh, cameoed in Land of the Dead 2005. That's really as cool. As zombies. That's neat. Why, like, George A. Romero, like, I'm sorry, but does he just play the hits? Yeah. He's like, I'm just gonna give the people think, what they want. I think he has a lot of movies. I don't. I. He's only really known for the zombie movies. <laughs> yeah, he probably did other stuff. Um, related. I should have said this when I asked you the question about the characteristics of the zombies. But uh, Simon Pegg, when they asked him, an interviewer said, like, why did you make these zombies slow? Like, why, why did you? Why was this the creative choice that was made? And he said, because death is not an energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's awesome. If it was, though, Tom, which energy drink would it be? Bang. Bang, baby. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, 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 the From Dusk Till Sean sequel, you know, idea. Um, There's a mock-up poster that of From Dusk Till Sean in another movie that we covered. Wait, what? Yeah. What movie? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. No way yeah it's like in the background somewhere it's from from dusk till sean that is so cool i wonder who was a fan someone must have been a fan i gotta go i gotta like next time i watch that movie i gotta look out for it that is i love stuff like that little i also love this mickey mouse's what are they called hidden hidden easter eggs easter eggs hidden mickey's is like when you go to disney world you (laughs) freaking weirdo (laughs) oh Uh, I also love this. Uh, I like in things like Detroiters and stuff like that, where um, all the newsreaders and TV presenters are real people playing themselves. Yeah, I like that, too. I love when they take like like local little things and make them into, you know, put them in the movie. Yeah, that's always fun. John and Bernie are the people who run the Winchester. Yeah. They mentioned them uh, They're Those are the real names of the landlord and landlady who used to run Simon Pegg's local pub called The Shepherd's. That is something that I was going to say is in every one of these Cornetto movies, pubs are kind of central to every single one of the movies. Yeah. World's End is about them like doing a pub crawl. Uh, Hot Fuzz, they're always at that one pub that yes. serves like the underage kids. Yes. And then the Winchester is a big focal point. So it's interesting that um, pubs have a huge role in these movies. I think it's because in all these movies, uh, Peg and Nick Frost play like sort of blue collar characters and like, what do you do after work? You'll get a beer. Like that's yeah. just the the culture. Right. Um, so Peg and Frost were regular attendees of the Shepherds like trivia night on Thursdays. Love. Um, and that's why when Sean's knocking on the door, he says uh, like something like we do the quiz, like referencing what they were doing in real life. Cute. Um. Then there's the part about the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy. Oh, Sean yells at Ed for calling them zombies because, like, you just don't do that. Uh, Most of the iconic zombie movies, including Night of the Living Dead and Resident Evil, never use the word zombie at all. Right. Uh, Apparently, it also could be a reference to Danny Boyle, who directed 28 Days Later, because he insisted that 28 Days Later is not a zombie movie. Do you think that... We haven't seen it. 28 Days Later. I really want to watch it. Do you think that it has um, a similar energy to Train Spotting and 127 Hours? (laughs) Like just frenetic? Frenetic, chaotic. Probably. We do need to watch 28 Days Later. When I watched 127 Hours, I was shocked. That's the one with James Franco where he gets caught and he's like the, 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 what is he doing? Climbing stuff. Yeah, he's like a free climber or whatever. Yeah. And, and he his gets arm caught gets in between caught. the rocks. Okay, first of all, that movie, I was not into it until the last hour. <laughs> amazing. I Incredible. Have, I was shocked. I almost threw up. It was amazing. Yeah. Like, I was disgusted. Yep. It was so well done. Like, I truly thought I was going to vomit. <laughs> and that is the highest compliment I could give that movie. That's what, that's what the point of the, that end of that movie is. Wild. I felt, I felt lightheaded. <laughs> lightheaded. When I watched him chop his arm off. I watched that man chop his arm off. <laughs> that was wild. I wonder if they do that in 28 days later. Cut their arms off? Yeah. Maybe. We'll Maybe. have to watch never it. Know. We're going to watch. So you know how uh, Barbara, Barbara calls Sean Pickle? Yeah. Uh, that's what Edgar Wright's mom called him as a kid. Hmm. And uh, apparently also she was a teacher at his school and she would call him it at school and he would get really embarrassed. <laughs> I love. <laughs> um, the guy who played Pete, this is wild. The guy who played Pete, the other roommate, um, he was the voice of Darth Maul 
in uh, Star Wars Episode One. He's the one with like the cool mask. Yeah. With like the black and red. Yeah, and the double-sided lightsaber. Did people not like him, or did they like him? I think the movie wasn't good, and he was underutilized. But he's an iconic character. So like Jar Jar Binks. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about Star Wars, really. Okay. Well, we're so, we're gonna do some of them probably. Wait. So is Darth Maul related to Darth Vader? No. no Darth is like Lord. Like, oh. You know what I mean? Like not the singer. The the like Lord Vader, Lord Maul. Like it's like it's like something similar to that. It's like a title. Don't you think that Darth, Darth Sidious? Is I would also have thought that like Darth would be like a popular name. Like Garth. Yeah, like Garth. Is Garth a popular name? Yeah, Garth Brooks. That's why we named it our son. (laughs) Garth from Wayne's World? Come on. Yeah. Uh, Darth, That's two in the last, like, 40 years. (laughs) Garth, imagine if it was Garth Vader. (laughs) And he was like, live like you were dying. Devil can't write a love song. (laughs) He just, like... All he did was play a guitar. Yeah, I would be so mad if he told me he was my father. Who, Garth? Garth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> this guy sucks. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, So during the Remembering Z-Day montage at the end, there's a long shot of the zombies walking through a park for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, There's one in black who falls over himself, and that is Edgar Wright. Oh, great. Love. He's also... The, I love a cameo. He also does a voice cameo as the host of like the Italian restaurant. Like, Fine. he's, like, over the loudspeaker. Nice. Um, yeah, so even though, according to, there was a Zombometer feature, like, on the DVD or something, said that Diane died. This is what I was talking about earlier. There's an animated special about what happened to Diane when she left the Winchester. It's, it explains that she makes it through the crowd of zombies, climbs a tree, passes out, awakens to silence, and out of fear, she stays in the tree for days, eats David's severed leg, <laughs> and eventually goes to live with her aunt. Oh, okay. And that's it. She Love. remains in Christmas card contact with Sean and Liz. <laughs> <laughs> that's very British. That is the most British ending. Uh, this is my last piece of trivia. At the end of the movie, there's a fake trailer about a boy named Ramirez who, using a shotgun, fought off his entire zombie family. Oh, yeah. I did see that. Yeah. That's a Menendez brother reference. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're not doing that. Yeah, it's a spoof of Lyle and Eric Menendez who murdered their parents with a shotgun in California in August 1989. And we know, of course, one of them yes. uh, was the co-owner or something of Chuck's in Princeton. Yeah, where I've been many a time. That's, yep. That may be my Winchester. <laughs> Chuck's? Yeah. That's great. Um, that's really all I've got for trivia. Nice. Um, what? A, oh, one other thing. Simon Pegg is one of the few performers to have achieved what Radio Times calls the holy grail of nerddom. Okay. He was... A popular supporting character in Doctor Who, Star Trek, and Star Wars. That'll do it. Yeah. That will do it. That's for sure. If you had to add another one, what would it be? Ooh. At one point, it would have been Game of Thrones, but not now. What about Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings is probably yeah, the other one. Right? Yeah. Um, or or a Dungeons and Dragons thing. Yeah, I don't think there's like a Dungeons and Dragons. Like, okay, first of all, how has there never been a Dungeons and Dragons like big TV show? I feel like there probably was. Probably was like a movie or something. Yeah. It just didn't do well. Yeah. Yeah. What other stuff do I have here? I have a little bit on Edgar Wright's use of music. Yeah, you. I mean, he, I, I he's good lot. with that. You, yeah. he, I know Baby Driver, that was a whole thing. Yeah, he said that... Um, <clears throat> he. So he said this. Simon and Nick always used to go to the same pub around the corner from their house, and they used to kind of annoy me. It's sort of like the dialogue that Kate Ashfield has in the movie. That's like me talking. <laughs> if you wanted to hang out with Simon and Nick, you had to go to this pub. They, and I'll say this on record, thought it was amazing, but it was a 
a-hole, which I'll bleep that out. Simon absolutely disagrees on that. Around the time we were writing it, I used to find it funny. Like, why do you guys love this pub so much? There's nothing special about it. You'd be sitting there in the afternoon talking, and then the jukebox would, like, suddenly ELO would start to come on. <laughs> so it was just the idea of, like, in the tense situation, what if the jukebox just started playing? And what if it was the most joyous song possible? That's which so is cute. I'm talking about... Uh, Chicago. Don't Stop Me Now. Uh, don't Stop Me Now. When yeah. it comes on, when they start fighting the zombies. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, he... he That's cute. He... Clearly takes little anecdotes and Baby Driver is like about music. Yes. So I didn't really like that movie, but it, it <gasps> he uses, I mean, without getting into the Kevin Spacey and the Ansel Elgort of oh, it, Lord. Um, the, he's very big on, on including needle drops and stuff in movies and, and he's very, very good at it, as you can tell by this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got three really notable ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? What else? Um, yeah, he, he a lot of Queen. Oh, I know... That it's like all a zombie joke, but I loved when uh, in the beginning when Sean was on the phone with Barbara and she asked what she should make for food because these days a lot of people don't eat meat. Yes. Yeah, it's so funny with zombie movie. But it's also like very progressive of her. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of being like, oh, come over and eat any, you know, spaghetti and clam sauce. Lamb. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's not exactly. It's not uh, my big fat Greek wedding. Right. But it's supposed to be a zombie joke. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. But it's also a little bit of characterization. Um, the zombies, I also wrote that they remind me of Safdie Brothers characters. All of oh them. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love Safdie Brother movies have the craziest side characters ever. There's also explicitly two people that remind me of that. And it's those two guys who are like they're nearly identical looking. They're like hillbillies and they were they're wearing like Canadian tuxedos and they're like they have like skullets. Love it. And it's like though like like Ben Josh and Benny Safdie would Josh Safdie? Yeah, I think so. The Safdie brothers would have those guys in their movies. In their movies, totally. Um and one little one last little thing I did notice was that it was two things related to Barbara again. One was when she said, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want Sean to be worried. I didn't want to be a bother. And the other thing is uh, before she reveals she's been bit, you can see her playing with her left wrist yeah. in the background a lot. Yeah. I thought that was just a cool little yep. you know thing for a rewatch that you catch later on. Smart. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm pretty much done with this. That's great. It was a great movie and to good episode we're actually reasonable on time well tom you didn't ask the last question no no, no i'm not done yet oh. my last question is does Shaun of the dead make babies first watch list yeah what are the takeaways um don't say the n-word well, like ed I does know, in this that's movie really bad actually very bad. i was like shocked by that very bad actually he was... says it in a jokey way which is like kind of even worse yeah not, not, <laughs> not cool. good not good we don't like that um the takeaway is don't wait until Something catastrophic. Happens to your mom. Happens to anything. Oh, 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 I thought you were going to say something about you. No. Don't wait for something really, really awful to make changes in your life that would enhance it. Yeah. That's, I think, a good message to take away from it. Yeah. I've got you know? I've got another one. Do you have more to add to that? No. Uh, mine is make a soundtrack for things you like to do because it's really fun. That's cute. Yeah. I like that. Um, that's really, a, I mean, yours is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like don't say the N-word. Um. That's Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. There it is. What are we doing next? Next week is another True Blue Halloween season movie. <gasps> it is 1984's A Nightmare on Elm Street. We're doing another Wes Craven because we haven't seen it. Yeah. And it's a classic. We had a bunch of options here. We were thinking maybe Poltergeist or Friday the 13th or The Exorcist, but you know. We're we, craving we, uh, it up. Yeah. We, we're craving Craven. We spoke with our inner circle. And decided to go with uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. It is available on HBO Max. Great. Um, 
yeah, it's got one of the most iconic horror villains ever by one of the most iconic horror directors ever. Uh, Johnny Depp's first movie. Yeah. And it was made into a great Will Smith uh, song. I was 1,000% going to talk about Will Smith's... Uh, <laughs> Nightmare on my street. It, do you know... I, I'll just say it now. That song was not in any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. No? No. It was made for, like, I think, the fourth one. Yeah. And they just were like, we don't want this in the movie. So <laughs> Where would that fit in a movie? <laughs> so, well, probably at the end, I guess. I don't yeah. know. But uh, they... He, when Will Smith and Jazzy Jeff put it on their album, they got sued because they didn't like they didn't own the rights to Freddy Krueger. Okay, but so they were like they said this isn't a song about Freddy Krueger. That's amazing. Freddy Krueger raps in the song. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, they should have put it in the movie because then it would have won best original song. I mean, easy, just get it up for an Oscar. I, uh, just get the nom. Just get it. You don't need. You're gonna beat Diane Warren. <laughs> I mean, what, yeah, what poor, else you got? What else Diane you have to Warren. lose? What else you have to lose? Uh, that joke is for like five people yeah. in the world. Yeah, Uncle oh Mick P got that one. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So the week after, <clears throat> the week after this, we are doing our poll. Uh, <gasps> sorry, we already did the poll. We're doing the result of the poll, Woo! which, as of this recording, we have not done the poll yet. But it's going to be hocus pocus. I mean, I that's our guess. Yeah, we'll, so we'll find out. We don't know what you voted for, but that's my expectation, and we're going to see what it's right, whether it's right or not. And if it's wrong, I'm just going to edit it so that it's right anyway. No, you're not. Uh, hocus pocus, it is. Uh, in two weeks after, <laughs> it's either hocus pocus, Beetlejuice, or nightmare. Nope. Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. Yeah, they already voted on it. They know it's Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus won. With Tom is convinced that Hocus Pocus can't lose. Hocus Pocus won with fifty-eight percent of the vote. Oh my gosh, that's a <laughs> super bold majority. Claim. Let's see. Uh, yeah. So as usual, you know, follow us on Instagram at Baby's First Watch List on Twitter at Baby's Watch List. Uh, tell a friend. We're doing this again. Tell a baby. Tell a baby. <laughs> I don't care if it's your cousin, your nephew, your niece, your child. Tell them. Just tell them they tell need them, to listen. Get them a phone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's it. And then so we will see you for A Nightmare on Elm Street next week. And we hope you don't have scary dreams after you watch it. Oh, my God, Tom. I don't. That's why I've never watched it. I don't want to have scary dreams. No nightmares on our street. It's true. All right. We'll see. <laughs> Bye. Bye.